Well, hello world. Welcome to uh, Good Morning BHA, where we talk about uh, everything related to barbershop harmony in Australia. My name is Richard Reeve, your esteemed host. Um, I'm sitting here in, in uh, beautiful, sunny winter Brisbane. Um, your uh, attractive co-host, uh, Ash Schofield, is across in, uh, in tropical Perth. Won't be able to join us today, but uh, so I'm flying solo. Um, and with a special guest here, um, uh, 2013 International Chorus Champion Director Jordan Travis. Jordan, hello. Hi, how are you doing? Very well, mate. Welcome to Australia. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to be here. You're projecting beautifully. <laughs> so you should be picked up. You should be picked up. I love it. I love <laughs> picked it. up well on the recording. Um, we are in now uh, having a coffee on the beautiful campus of the University of Queensland under a tree in the shade. So I'm, we're I'm really enjoying all the sandstone buildings uh -huh. and yeah it's just gorgeous here excellent excellent um, so mate um, tell so firstly just um, tell our listeners a little bit about you uh, yourself and what brings you to Australia yeah so uh, I've been barbershopping now for about 25 years mm -hmm. uh, this year and uh, got involved in this uh, great hobby because of my dad he joined uh, a local chorus the Oakville entertainers when I was uh, about eight or nine and when I was 12, I joined and, and just totally fell in love with the hobby. I sang, Sunshine is Bidding the Day Goodbye nice. in a quartet. Nice. And uh, we probably sucked, but man, <laughs> I, the hairs on my arms, or the hairs that would grow into my arms, uh, stood up. And uh, I totally fell in love with uh, the harmony. Nice. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's been uh, quite a journey of, of uh, directing, eventually directing that chorus when I was about 17. And... We would have been lucky to score a low 60s, uh, and that was uh, seven, eight years of my barber shopping. Uh, then I helped start to found another chorus that still exists, the Harbortown Sound, and we've been fortunate uh, to go to international now a few times. Um, and then uh, in, a, in 2005, uh, in the fall, I was asked if I would come on board as the assistant director for the Toronto Northern Lights. Um, and that notice uh, everyone how that's pronounced. It's not pronounced Toronto. No, Toronto. There's Toronto. only one T. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that that ended up leading to a, an associate director. And uh, so Steve and I uh, kind of split duties. He he definitely did a, uh, more than I did, uh, and was the director of the chorus. And um, as you know, we've meddled many times. Uh, 2013, we ended up uh, winning, and that was a, a wonderful experience. We've uh, traveled uh, over the world, uh, just singing and enjoying, performing. Uh, and then recently, uh, in January, we've, we've kind of swapped roles. So uh, I'm now the director of the Toronto Northern Lights. Steve is an associate director of the chorus. And uh, it's been a really, really fun uh, journey. I also uh, am involved in uh, Harmony Incorporated back home and uh, direct uh, a Harmony Incorporated chorus, Acapella Showcase. Uh, who's a, a championship chorus, and uh, some afternoon groups uh, just for fun. So this is my livelihood, which is a little different because most people go, wow, uh, what life yeah, do you have? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing a lot. Yeah, you're doing a lot. How do you fit a job in there? This exactly, is Exactly, but this is my job. Yeah. So, And uh, I've had the opportunity to travel all over the world, and now to be here in Australia working with people and coaching people and helping people grow, and uh, it's been uh, just such a wonderful time. The awesome. beautiful country and... Yeah beautiful people oh you're saying all the right things um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let BHA know to, to, to release the funds perfect as opposed to release the hounds which they were about to do 
Mate, uh, okay, cool. That's awesome. A little bit of background about yeah. you. And okay, we'll, we'll, of course, touch on, on many of those things again during yeah. this, this podcast. Um, and so just, um, so um, BHA and, and uh, BHA Music VP Andrew Housen brought you out, yeah, for, for a yeah. couple of weeks coaching tour. Coaching tour and, and uh, he touched base with me a little while ago and, and said, uh, would you be interested in... And coming out, and uh, my first reaction was, how do I make this work? Mm-hmm. Um, and this time of year is uh, a, a, apparently a perfect time for both of us. It's Back home, it's the summer, uh, so our igloos have finally melted. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, everyone's off. Uh, a lot of choruses take time off, as, as we do. Um, and so it was a perfect time. And uh, I know that you guys have a convention coming up in September. So it seemed like just a like nice two, two months beforehand yeah, is a nice little time to get nice some time. coaching. Yeah. And it allows people to process whatever information is yep. given and, and they can kind of incorporate what they want to incorporate or can incorporate. Yep. And so it worked out really well. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Absolutely. Mate, um, yeah, so, so uh, to work through a, a bunch of these topics. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, hopping back. Um, d- a lot of guys that would, would love to know uh, about the, the championship year. Things, Absolutely. you know, tell us whatever you'd like to, but particularly things like preparing for it, it was in your hometown, that must have made it more special. Um, you know, what, what were your goals and, and, and what was the, the, the mentality of the chorus mm. um, going question. up to that? And and, um, and then when you won, how did you process that and how did you springboard off to decide where to go from there? Yeah, so I think that... Um I think that our, our, our mindset has always been the same. Uh, and it didn't really change all that much that it was in Toronto. Uh, Toronto? Hey! Wow. You're um, becoming Australian. I tell you. Uh, our mindset has always been to put together impactful performances, innovative performances uh, that are different, sometimes make people think, uh, sometimes um, share... Uh, you know, emotional, like I think of brother, you know, really deep emotion, yes. um, but One also push our members, yeah, but push our members to find um, different things within themselves uh, and what are some different opportunities. So uh, originally uh, we had come up with a welcome to Canada kind mm. of plan. Just very quickly before yeah, you go into that, you, you mentioned brother, um, so that was a, a, um, a, a, a TNL is, is iconic for um, one of the most so the brother can you spare a dime is the song mm-hmm. um, and and in order to um, make it as real as possible apart from singing it beautifully um, the, the the legend is you, you, you know you got the guys to go out and and, and literally experience what it's Ab- like to absolutely. try to absolutely so David David uh, uh, McEachern who I always joke is an evil genius <laughs> David David is one of the most amazing uh, performance gurus and and one of the suggestions that came up was to uh, people really need to feel what it feels like to to truly understand how they would feel in that in that role. So yes. what they ended up doing, uh, the chorus uh, had something called the Dime Club, and they literally went out to beg for money. So a lot of guys dressed up or, or you know maybe didn't shave for a while. They they tried to look um, run down and homeless. Triggering and that genuine absolutely uh, 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 um, reaction from people, and of and, and some of them actually, uh, some people went into their hometowns. You know, the, many of our members don't live in Toronto, so you know th- there might even be people that they knew that passed them on yeah, the street, right. and that feeling that you would get. Um, and the members that that did have their dime, a lot of them had it mounted 
somewhere um, and into a pin of some sort to, to kind of signify that they're wow. part of the Dime Club. Yeah, wow. um, some people had trouble doing that, so they went to other towns. Uh, one person decided to travel somewhere, get dropped off, and could only get home by public transit, but didn't bring his wallet. Mm. So he had to figure out how to do it on his uh, just by begging. Yeah, um, and you know they you realize the 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 feelings that these people must have had. You know here you know brother, can you spare a dime? Talks about real normal people going through the depression who had to beg, um, who normally would would have would have had a normal job and paid well, and and here they were in this position, uh, not because of choice but because of. Uh, scarcity. So uh, that was definitely, it's part of the TNL lore, but it's absolutely true. Mm. Uh, I was not part of the chorus back then, but uh, I, I was singing with David McEachern in a quartet and heard about this whole process. And, and uh, Whereas his uh, name is, is properly pronounced, David McGurkin. McGurkin. <laughs> McNickern. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, so we have done a lot of those kinds of things over the years where, um, certain songs that we sing how do we get into them and we try and create real experiences for the membership mm. to uh, you know so we ate a lot of vegetables uh, in 2013 <laughs> you look so healthy I tell you um, but yeah no, so back to your journey yeah, yeah so, so in terms of the journey um, it, it really was no different I mean we wanted to we, we, we talked about different concepts and that often comes up with an international um as some of the, the listeners may know, we don't do anything normally. Uh, so uh, we decided uh, originally we were talking about a welcome to Canada. And then we thought, you know what, that's too obvious. Mm -hmm. And then uh, David and a fellow John Mallet, John does a lot of our, uh, our parody writing. John, they came up with like a, a stew, this, this stew. And we actually had a whole other medley arranged. Steve arranged it about the being in a stew and a melting pot nice. um, and all the vegetables kind of hated each other but there was beef in the <laughs> stew there was there was pickled herring and we were joking about our Swedish friends and all the vegetables and things in the stew had um, uh, had uh, uh, nationalities so all these nationalities were kind of against each other yeah. and at the end it was going to be like it is now or like it was which was a positive spin yeah. um, and we worked with Rick LaRosa and he said no this is too weird okay. uh, and it was too must have been weird then. it must have been weird <laughs> too difficult too, too hard to understand and so um, he came up with hey what about a garden yeah. and then we went in that but we actually had learned the whole other medley yeah. and only a few pieces of it were, were kept with the new one so, wow. so the whole chorus learned and I think if you go on Tim Warwick's learning tracks you'll find the vegetable medley which is not the one we competed oh, with yeah so that's it's kind of neat that's the stew one that's the yeah, stew right. yeah uh, and it was pretty funny actually I liked it uh, but the of course the new one uh, got better traction and and great buy-in mm. um, the the lead-up I mean I think like most choruses I, I really think in, in a lot of ways um, the things that we work on as a as a as a chorus are the same things that people work on, you know, choruses that are scoring in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and into the 90s. I, I think it's all the same things. It's the consistency level of those things. And so, you know, we work on tuning. We work on pitch. We work on vowels. We work on 
um, impact and performance. We, we work on all of those things. Um, we may just work at it at a higher consistency level than other choruses, but um, these are things that never go away. And, and uh, there's no secret sauce, there's mm. no magic pill, mm. it's work. And, uh, and so do you think that the planets just aligned? There was like, in most successes, it's a combination of good luck and good management and hard work? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think that all of us had a strong desire to do incredibly well in our home turf. We knew that we were singing last and we, we know that, nice. you know, that has an impact on the audience. Yes. And we knew that we were doing comedy has an impact on the audience. Yes. Um, we uh, we had more members than we've ever had. We had about yep. 70-ish yeah, guys large, on stage. And I think a lot of people felt a pride to, to stand on the international stage in Toronto. Yeah, nice. um, so that was big. Um, and you know, since then we've never had that many members, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and it's, leading it's up, quite, we've never had that many quite members. Logical to have most members when convention is in your hometown. Absolutely, yeah. people just were charged to do yeah, it, cool. and uh, really wanted to do it. And so, two, two um, specific things: um, mm -hmm. when you walked off stage, um, what was the feeling in the chorus? Did you think you'd, you'd, you'd done what you came to? And then, when the medal call off went, oh. what, what was the feeling? So. Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. Be, when we came off stage, um, I was in tears. Yeah. And uh, it was one of the first. It's the second time I directed the ballad, and the the ballad was second. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the ballad had a very uh, emotional message. Yeah. And um, when I turned around at the end of the song, and and the ovation that just felt like it never stopped. Um, I, I I I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed at the love that, that all of these people gave us. Regardless of the medal you ended up with, that's a gold medal moment that right was, there. That was our moment. And, yeah. and frankly, um, it, I really hate the call-off. Um, I hate the feeling that I have. And Steve, Steve is similar. We hate the competitive nature yeah. of the beast. And that, yeah. you know, during the call-off, you're kind of on edge. Yeah. And there's been many years where um, I, I won't actually be in the room during wow. the call-off. Because... I don't like how I feel. Yep. I don't like that this has turned into a contest. This is them, yeah. And uh, but there were so many people that said you have to stay for the call-up. <laughs> you have to stay for. The, and I, I was inside in the, or outside the chorus or both? Uh, both. Yeah. Mostly outside. Right. And uh, they had just felt like they knew in the in the audience in their heart they, they thought that yep. we had done it. Yep. We had finally, yep. after all these years, had done it. And I was in the audience with my family. My in-laws were actually in from England. My my wife and um, and uh, the minute that they said uh, the Westminster Chorus yeah. second, you went. all of us kind of jumped up. And and frankly, we jumped up knowing that we had just done it. But we're also so um, so happy for for. I mean, Westminster produces some of the most amazing performances, yes. um, and uh, uh, but I mean, we were just overjoyed. We yeah. couldn't believe that we had done it yeah. in our hometown. Yeah. The stars aligned. So special. And uh, it, it is definitely one of the the highlight moments. I don't think it's necessarily my my top 
moment at barbershop but it's definitely in my yeah, top five yeah. for those um yeah. those who may not have seen it uh, make sure you get the dvd and have a look it's it's a spectacular performance and and so talk us through specifically um what you'll notice uh, listeners is is that um start off with just crazy amazing awesome costumes and staging everyone is literally dressed up in human-sized um vegetables there's carrots there's all sorts of there's an onion there's all sorts I, of I stuff. was a tomato which <laughs> I, I always say i was typecast <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I like that segue. Anyway, that's right. This is this is the polite version of the podcast. Tune in later on for podcast extras for, for the underlying. The yeah, that's blooper, the blooper reel. Blooper reel. Um, but um, <clears throat> so so um, one of the one of the the, the, the um, strengths of the performance was as well as singing well, it was just it was just well written and the mm. the timing of the comedy worked yeah. and and you had. Um, guest appearances by you know, yep. Jim Henry and others, and it just brought the house down. Um, uh, Am I thinking of the right one? What's that? Am I thinking of the right one? Uh, no, Jim. Jim wasn't it. Rick, right. L- Rick LaRosa Rick was, was yeah, yeah, that, the big he was bunny. The bunny. That's right. Yeah, um, but people only found that out later. Yeah, they didn't all know no, that no, he no, was no. the bunny. Yeah, so, um, but uh, but specifically, yeah, um, like the, tra- some... the transition. No, I, I, I talk about a, a bunch of things you'd like to naturally, but the, specifically the transition when you start a ballad. Mm. Uh, certainly, I and I expect most of the audience went, "How are you going to sing a ballad after that?" Yeah. Like it was great, yeah. and then the line that just uh, just was, um, uh, you know, if if a if, bunch we, of if silly we can, plants, so... if, if we can do this, why can't you? And and I went, oh, I see uh, what you did there. Yeah. So, so um, I'm going to give that to a few people. Uh, first of all, uh, I think David McEachern really loves to make people think, and, and he loves to do things that um, make people realize, basically make, make something have greater impact, but specific impact. I mean, the first song makes people laugh, it's goofy, and then the second song is, you know what? you can do something to change your life right now and uh, we did that before in Robot um, where the first song was Goofy and the second song was Rainbow and, and you know, all the robots kind of came alive and, and the narrative for, for us there was the fact that um, all of us are kind of like robots we tend to do the same thing day Get in day out we, yeah and, and um, we have to snap out of it sometimes yep. and so with this one it was the realization that, you know, there's just so much um, hate, so much uh, uh, injustice in the world. Um, and, you know, if, if a bunch of silly plants can figure it out, if we can, <laughs> if, if we can somehow get over ourselves and we can figure it out, you know, why can't you? Why was, can't... And, and uh, it was interesting you delivered that, not in a, in a, in a preachy way, but in a very um, uh, inclusive and empowering way. Yeah, thank you. We had a, a lot of our members, um, one of the exercises we like to do is have, have some of our members tell stories. And uh, one of our members, um, who's very openly gay, uh, talked about coming out, talked about the struggles that he has had as a gay man. I mean, Toronto is a very... And, and Ontario's pretty open community yeah. and pretty relaxed, but there's still those struggles. Right. I mean, you know, e- even in, in places where it's, it's relaxed, you're going to have people who are against. And so he talked a lot about his struggles and, and uh, um, other people talked about different struggles that, that it, they've had. Um, one of our members uh, talked about his struggles and his family struggles as, as a black man living in the city. Um, 
and uh, some of the injustice that, that he has seen or felt. Um, some of us have talked about experiences that we've had just seeing things. And, and so I think what it does is it starts to affect us. I mean, we're all friends, and this is happening to our friends. Mm. And, and so it, it starts to affect me, mm. even though it's not directly. Mm -hmm. And um, so when, you, when it comes to then performing the song, you have all this experience to draw on. Mm. And um, so I think that really helped us uh, dramatically. Did you feel like there was a lift in, in just intensity of, and, uh, and sort of everything about the performance from um, the, the, your Go For The Gold family and friends show like mm. the week before and, and the competition? <laughs> oh, night and day. Yeah, right. For, for us, and, and I don't know if all choruses at International, I've really only been with this kind of top medalist yes. chorus. That I've never kind of watched other yeah. choruses at that level all the way through yeah. but we're one of those choruses that our set changes dramatically the week of wow. um, uh, it gets more heightened uh, the emotions get stronger and more heightened uh, we tweak things especially with comedy things change yeah. and uh, we, we the, the hardest part about comedy is you know uh, timing and, and figuring out hey this joke isn't hitting let's change it yeah. and sometimes that happens a week of yeah. um, the, the man I remember singing on that show uh, go, go for gold show the week before and thinking this is terrible <laughs> and I think most of the audience actually you know, I've chatted with people who, who saw both and, and were like yeah I thought what the heck are they doing right, yeah. and then when you saw it on stage people yeah, go yeah. Wow. Which sort of made your win all the more sort of exciting because mm. you, you, stepped up, you stepped up so much. Who knew? Who yeah. Just... And I think, you know, when you, the other thing about comedy, because it's always changing and modifying, you know, the week before, uh, it gave us that performance opportunity to do it and then look back and go, okay, what's not working? Right. What needs to be changed? And I think that we are unique. Um, we're risk takers as a chorus and we're unique that way I think that most choruses wouldn't take as big a risk that way yep. as we would um, good or bad you know I mean you look at some of the other choruses that have taken risks over the years some of them like um, the Senators with the caveman package absolutely you know, in, the, in the room just worked extraordinarily and absolutely. then the monk package didn't get the same reception mm -hmm. I mean this is what this is what happens with risks sometimes the, it pays this, off this is it's tough I mean we've done um, Kansas City we did a set where you know we we meddled and we're really honored about that but we didn't feel we did our very best yeah. and it, it didn't have the impact that that we wanted to uh, my first contest what was the theme of your Kansas City package? Um, it was uh, uh, it was kind of this bar scene, yep. and we had the, some guys in black and white, some guys in color, yep. and it was this uh, this one character who was sad and trying to get more people to be sad with him. Yep. This other character, the the other characters were um, bright and yep. happy, yep. and and it 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 was an awesome concept that needed to be fleshed out a right, lot more right, yeah. um, in 2006 my first contest singing with the chorus we were we did a magician package and I remember getting off stage and it didn't hit very well um, and I but I do remember getting off stage and chatting with people and and getting back dressed in normal clothes and someone said oh what chorus you sang was oh TNL oh it'd be great when you guys come back into contest we had already performed, so wow. so it, they didn't it, even know you were there. No, I didn't know you'd, you'd sung. No, because wow. it, it just didn't have the the impact. So, 
sometimes you know when you take these risks sometimes it, and, and, it doesn't and we work. need to set our expectations with that don't we like you know any risk in life um be, be set ourselves up and our expectations up that sometimes you're just gonna you're just gonna swing and miss and Absolutely. you're just gonna learn from that but, and and exactly we we have learned so much from our misses yeah. and we've learned so much from our successes i mean, I some mean of the, your marcel marceau package was outstanding oh, the, yeah the mind package, the mind oh, package. so much fun oh man uh, the opening the doors and the singing and closing <laughs> Funny. Yeah, we. So, I mean, we've we've been very fortunate to have just uh, a wonderful run of uh, innovative, creative packages, and we hope to continue down that yeah, path. They're yeah. they're not all comedic. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily who we are. Yes. Um, we like to change it up. We yeah. like. I mean, the last time we competed, we did a tribute to the Dukes of yeah, Harmony, yeah, an yeah. old school set, and you know, we we did it not knowing. And the audience embraced it and went, thank you. Thank you for honoring an era of barbershop that has been forgotten. And just, just briefly, uh, time races, of course, um, touch on the concept I'm thinking of is how the judging categories and, and the barbershop as an art form mm. has evolved. Yes. And how doing something that, that was well received by the judges many years ago uh, may not be the th same thing that the judges are looking for we, now. We also thought it was really interesting to do this package um, right as the presentation category yes. turned to the performance yep. category. But I think because it was an homage to a certain style, it was appropriate for us to yep. do that old school choreography yep. and things like that. Whereas if if we had just sung songs <coughs> as a normal chorus yes. and did that, it, it would come across as awkward sure. and uh, it would come across as old school in a non-authentic way. Sure. This came across as retro, like, hey, we're honoring. And it was honoring. clearly a tribute, yeah. It was very, yeah. I mean, we wrote that in the lyrics. Yeah, it was yeah, clearly yeah. a tribute. Yeah. So I, I think that people... I think you got away with it. Yeah, they got excited <laughs> about it. And uh, what was super cool was the amount of young people mm -hmm. who... And, and there's some of these Duke's packages are on YouTube. And uh, Dukes of Harmony packages on YouTube, and, and after we performed in the lobby, I saw like a whole pile of young people on YouTube watching the Dukes package just to understand yeah, what we yeah, were yeah. doing and going, "This is even cooler and now." Isn't that exciting to, yeah, to, to to breathe life back into some of these ones that are fading into history? Absolutely, yeah. and we had so many guys, uh, vocal majority guys, come up saying, yeah. "You know." The, the Dukes were um, such a rival chorus when we were competing and um, seeing you do that, it wasn't just the Dukes, it was us. Mm. It was our history too, because yeah, cool. that's what we did. Yeah. And so, so many of these choruses who have been uh, giants in our society uh, were coming up saying thank you for honoring not just this amazing chorus, but this era of barbershop, and this is our history too. Mm. And so we felt a great honor um, uh, and, and especially back home, Ray Danley, of course, this last year got a lifetime, uh, uh, you know, with the, with the Barbershop Harmony Society achievement. And, and um, him uh, and, and Ron Whiteside were kind of the instigators of the Dukes of Harmony in their heyday. And the two of them, I, I remember when we did our pep rally, it's like our go for gold back yep, home yep. kind of thing. And uh, all the old Dukes, we had them stand up before we did the set and we honored them. And uh, one of the neatest things was all of those outfits were actually not made for us. They were official old Duke's outfits. Wow. And all of us on our vests had names wow. inside of people that had owned them, that many of them 
because they won 40 years ago many passed of them away. have passed yeah. and so what an honor um, to to do that uh, and to to just really enjoy uh, an era of barbershop that's been forgotten why for the most you, part why would you mail in any performance when you can do something special oh right? man <laughs> why you, you know and, and uh, we're just not the tip type of chorus that typically stands there and sings yeah, two songs yeah. we want to do something more yeah that's who we are um, mate so uh, um, last couple of topics I'd like to cover yeah. are um, um, we'll finish off with, with where the, the, the reinvention that you're doing with TNL and the, you yeah, know, the, the, the new absolutely. thing but, but, um, but the second last one is as a, a qualified VHS singing judge mm-hmm. um, um, A, sort of what have you noticed in Australia some of the themes over the last couple of weeks you've been here and just more generally over your years as a singing judge yeah absolutely um, so the first thing I, I, I've noticed and, and uh, got to work with a variety of groups across the country um, is that uh, everyone is incredibly receptive to learn mm-hmm. and and that is that that mindset that attitude I think is incredibly important um, uh, you know I, I say to a lot of groups and, and myself all the time you don't know anything so every time I, I have the opportunity to take something from somebody mm. be a sponge and mm. I assume I don't know anything and I just absorb and I've seen that over and over again with choruses and quartets so that's a huge plus um, now some of the opportunities yep. uh, so some of the themes that I've seen um, probably the biggest theme is that a lot of people maybe have a, a preconceived notion or a misconception about uh, breathiness in their singing and, and I find that there's a lot of groups that, that sing with uh, a bit of a, a breathy tone and I think they're doing that because they feel like it's artistic and it will blend better yeah. but truly nothing is is far from the truth uh you know uh, further from the truth so by singing with a more efficient tone um oftentimes the voices come together better singing on the voice is that another way of saying it if you want to say that uh, i mean everyone yeah yeah, the the hardest part i think is that everyone says it in different ways and some people will say on the breath but sometimes that creates a more breathy (laughs) tone the the hardest part is the semantics of this and and as long as you as an instructor or educator know what you're after, yep. then you can, you can get that. So a demonstration would be, uh, heart of my heart, which is fairly breathy. Yes. Heart of my heart, which is a little better, yes. a, a little bit more efficient. Yes. Heart of my heart, even more clear. Yep. And so, the the if you want to talk about with clarity or efficiency, um, in essence, we're trying to get uh, uh, this this beautiful clarion, pure tone, and not a lot of breath surrounding it. That doesn't mean that I'm not using air. Yes. Um, or anything like that. It just means that I want the purity of tone. And what I find is that when we reach that. The chords, the clarity of the chords ring better and yeah. ring truer, and uh, that's when we start to get that, those, you know, the hairs in our arms yeah. or back well, of neck start to that's stand up. And ring, that's barbershop. Uh, absolutely, is a hallmark of the singing category and yeah. hallmark of barbershop. And when people start to do that, I've noticed like you see their eyes just immediately Ooh. light up and yeah. be like, oh, we can do that. <laughs> and so I would say, like, if I was to say one thing that would make the biggest difference and influence on on a singer is figuring out a healthy way to do that 
Um, what do you mean by that? There's unhealthy ways to do it? Yeah, I think that, that sometimes when we're playing, and I, I'm one of those people that I believe in play. So yep. I believe believe in, in uh, you know, I'm not really a teacher, I'm more of a guide, uh, because you're the one doing it. Um, sometimes people, ah, you'll hear that tension yep. and press yep. um, as they're trying to do that. Yep. But I always come back to speaking. Most of us, not all of us, but I'd say 80 to 90% of the people I, I chat with have a very clear voice. Yep. So why are we doing anything different when yeah, we're right. saying? Yep. You know, so unless you're talking to me like this. I've also noticed in a little bit, some um, uh, journalists actually have um, uh, uh, pulled out it more, more oh, of the vocal the, 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 uh, Speaking almost too low and, yeah. and in that raspy... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, tone, basically. And, and that's not really healthy at all. <laughs> I don't know why we fall into that. Um, I think most of us probably speak a little bit lower than we should. Right. But uh, but definitely, if we're speaking on that kind of rasp, yeah. that's not a, a particularly healthy thing to do. And if we bring some of that into our singing, then obviously that's even yeah, worse if yeah. we're kind of gripping yeah. and, and pressing. But for the most part, I see the opposite. Yep. I see uh, I see a lot more breathiness yep. in the tone. Yep. And um, again, I think it has to do with either trying to create an artistic thing or, or trying to blend better, yeah. but it actually does the opposite. Yeah. So I think that would cool. be my number one right. kind of big item that I've noticed in a lot of quartets and choruses. And, and any other reserves once people master that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, um, I think we, we focus a lot of our energy on breathing when it comes to singing and maybe too much sometimes. Okay. Um, again, going back to this efficiency in terms of the, the, the vocal folds coming together uh, better and having greater closure, um, it's kind of like a bike tire, if you will, that has a hole in it. It doesn't matter how much you pump it up, it's okay. all going to leak. Right. And so when we get that efficiency, we get lack of leaking. So a lot of people that run out of air just try and breathe more or right. bigger. And it doesn't help because they have a big hole okay. in their tire. Yeah. They're not vocally efficient. Uh, a couple other things that I love to do is get people just to put their fingers on their, their larynx. Yep. Um, and if you swallow, you feel it go up. If you yawn, you feel it go down. And if you speak, you feel it kind of stay fairly, you know, in the same kind of place. It doesn't usually shoot up or down. When we take in a, a nice, easy breath, we notice all those muscles kind of relax. Uh, are surrounding the, the larynx and all I ask people to do is sing with that same sensation as much as possible yeah. so the larynx isn't pulling up or pulling down um, and again we don't speak like that so if my larynx is high it starts or if it's really low it starts to create weird sounds mm -hmm. and for whatever reason when we sing we feel we have to do way too much <laughs> so maybe maybe the bigger thing here is uh, less is more yeah, right. uh, or uh, get get the physical obstacles out of the way and and start trusting the instrument a little bit more yeah uh, often getting out of the own way is, is a key one yeah um, for awesome, performance mate. too right like oh, mate, it, it, it adds to everything you as got, you know so. you got that right you got that yeah. right um awesome mate that's uh, that's gold advice so to finish off um if you'd be kind enough just to um flesh out a little bit yeah where um tnl is and 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 the, the journey you're going through and where you're going yeah and maybe as as you explain that just 
touch on a, a couple of bits of advice um, for how to, as other people go through their journey in chorus or quartet, um, because you know, as, as much as we um, have a massive focus on, on music education, um, we're also organisations and we're, we're relationships, and we want to make them work as well. Um, so I'll start off by saying that um, we have a, we're very fortunate to have a strong leadership and and. Um, um, a lot of great tradition, a tradition of excellence and a tradition of innovation. And so uh, when I was taking over as uh, the musical director, um, I, I touched base with a lot of members of the chorus just to kind of get, you know, the idea of what people thought, what were, what was going well, what would they like to see change. So was, those were the main two. I didn't so number one, like a real statement of the obvious, if, if you're a leader in, in your group, make sure you touch base with your members. And if you're, you know, Joe Barbershopper, um, touch base with your leaders and just have a chat. Absolutely. Communication is uh, Communication is so key. And I try and be a very accessible person. Yeah. Uh, that is my style. Um, I, I like to be accessible to the, my members, but also, you know, when I coach, I'm yeah. accessible to, to the people that I work with. Yeah. Um, so open, open conversations. I, and no, I didn't try and lead them anywhere. Just let them yep, speak yep. Um, and have their their feelings and, and thoughts said. This was this was privately. This was not in front of the whole group. Yeah. Um, and and uh, <laughs> you can sit someone down and interview them in front of the whole chorus. Yeah. And... Or or even sometimes people have like these group thinks where people brainstorm. Sure. Most of the time, though, uh, two people will talk and everyone else will just sit there. Yeah. And I wanted to hear the people that just sat there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, type of thing. So we, we had these great conversations. I struck a strategic team, uh, which had a, a nice slice of the chorus um, in terms of diversity, age, uh, um, uh, musical interests, things like that. And uh, we took all this information in and slowly sort of said, what are the core values of our organization? And uh, I think like most organizations, we have very similar, we have excellence as one of them, uh, responsibility, um, because we all want to be part of something and, and have a shared responsibility in our successes, um, but also where we're going as an organization. The, the, the biggest ones that changed though um, were innovation and creativity, which you would go, that makes no sense. Um, but uh, we were incredibly innovative and creative when it came to our international sets, but not always in our rehearsal planning or in our yearly structure or in our shows or performances. So I basically said, you know, this is one of the highlights of why I wanted to belong to this chorus because they're so innovative that we, we love to do different things. And, and so I wanted to see some of that creativity and innovation go into yep. the weeklies, the, the, the monthlies, not just international. Yep. And the other big change for us is actually community. And I think like a lot of choruses, we started to get in the habit of focusing on stuff like contests and not, you know, building the fraternity yep. that we need. And so we always we love fraternity but we come from a long distance and so uh, in terms of rehearsals like people I drive for a good hour yep. so you know after rehearsal people head out yeah. and so they don't have that get together feel yeah. and so what we uh, we've created some things like an online Facebook private Facebook group um, we've had a already we had a quartet night where every guy in the chorus got into a different quartet sang a song yeah. And we had uh, established quartets perform as well. Um, so 
it was really a wonderful way for us to um, to to do something different. Nice. We had snacks and yep. we invited our partners, so it was a fun. Just like you said it before, in life, it's easy to just get on the treadmill. And yeah. In chorus or quartet, it's easy to just turn up exactly. every week and go through the motions and go home again. So the first thing we're doing, exactly that. First thing we're we're building the community within the chorus. We're now focusing on collaborating with other artists in the community, and we've contacted choirs, excuse me, and choruses to uh, do joint performances and nice, shows. Nice. Um, we've collaborated with them in those performances, yeah. which is so much fun. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and also how we can affect our Ontario district, you know, the greater barbershop community. So these are all these communities that we want to touch and, uh, and be involved with. And, and not just in, in, in what we say, but what we do. And of course, as we get out into the community and sing at community events and, and collaborate with other groups, of course, not only is that a reward in itself, because we like getting out into the community yeah. and, and, and spreading music, um, but of course, we're, we're increasing the profile of our chorus and inviting Absolutely. new members and potentially other gigs oh, as well. 100%. We, we've had, uh, in fact, the first first one we did was with the children's choir. Yeah. It was so awesome. We sang a piece with them uh, at the end to kind of cap it off. Um, right after that it was finished, we're in the lobby in the foyer and uh, someone came over and spoke with our marketing uh, guy, Pat Brown, and, and who also does a lot of our visual stuff, and said, uh, so... Uh, my church uh, in, in Whitby, we'd love to have you uh, come and do a Christmas performance. So it, it led to another performance uh, right away. Um, and I recognize they don't all do that, yep. but they led to, we got newspaper coverage because of this, this yep. performance. So, so it leads to other things. Everything's and connected to everything else. Everything's yeah. connected. Yeah. And so it's really helped us and it's helped us build you know the more you perform together it builds community uh the community that you build in terms of relationships so it's a win 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 yeah. you know can you just just on that um can you touch on just flipping the coin over to the other side yeah. can you touch on um the importance of making sure that a gig um, is worthwhile doing, um, mm. whether it be, you know, it might be outside on a windy day and no one can hear sure. you, but there's a, there's a thousand I, reasons why yeah. it might not be the right thing that, to do. This is a really, really great question, actually. So I, I kind of look at, um, and I think we look at things as, does it fit our vision yeah. and does it fit who we are? And so oftentimes uh, gigs will either help you financially, in exposure, or both. Yeah. And so whenever we do a performance, it's kind of weighing those things. Yeah. Hey, does this performance fit who we are? Or does this event fit who we are and what we believe in? And then is it going to provide us financially? Is it going to provide us with great exposure? Or is it going to do both? And, you know, there are those performances that don't provide great exposure and don't provide financially. Why are we doing them? Mm -hmm. You know, that's not worth it for us. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes there's gigs that aren't amazing, but the financial benefit is yes. so big that you're like, oh, we're going to make it work. Because, yeah, yeah. um, you know, just like any organization, we need to earn money too. Um, and then there's some gigs that come up where the exposure is incredible. Yeah. It may not pay anything, yes. but the exposure is so worth it yeah. that you have to do it. Yeah. And so I kind of, it's always weighing those yes. things. And uh, I, I think that's how. I would hope most organizations kind of look at it as kind of weigh those things and eventually make a decision. Now, 
um, exposure, there's a whole other side of the coin here where, you know, if you were performing at a senior's residence or nursing home or something like that, obviously the exposure is not high yeah. and obviously the finances are not great, but the the gift of it's music a, it's a to connecting people, with the community, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, the gift of music to people who who aren't able to get out and and, and have it yeah. is is strong. So, and also just on that point, because a lot of the songs we sing in Barbershop are from quite a few decades ago, mm. it can actually be a really special experience singing those songs to people where they were the songs of the, of, yes. of the day of their youth. Yeah, and and it's really having having done performances in those venues it's really it's sometimes beautiful to see someone come alive mm -hmm. who you know they might be sat or in a wheelchair or what have you and they may be um, you may think that you know their eyes are open but no one's home and you may think that nothing's getting through yeah. and all of a sudden they start belting out a song with you or they start clapping or moving and when you see their caregivers um, in tears because they've worked with them for years and nothing and then all of a sudden now they're alive there's increasing evidence isn't there about there the sure power is of music lots yeah. and you know we're very fortunate because we sing a cappella that we can go into these places so readily yes, and so yes. easily um, so it, it is an incredible important thing for the community um, it's not always easy to, to do and accomplish. You know, in TNL, for instance, we come from a long distance, so yeah. it's hard to do that. Yeah. And in addition, we have a lot of working people. So to, to do something during the day is almost impossible. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible, but it's close. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes we'll send, you know, maybe a quartet or an octet, a smaller group of guys. Yeah. That can that can easily do the job, mm, yes, and yes. Uh, we've had those experiences, and uh, they've really um, they've been amazing. They've been amazing. Um, thank you, mate. So much more we could talk about, but uh, we've we've um, done a, a, an excellent job of, of using up a fair bit of time. So absolutely. we will uh, call it to a close. Um, thank you for your time. Thanks it's for thanks for absolutely my pleasure sharing uh, your wisdom uh, with yeah. uh, with both of our listeners. Um, uh, and yeah, it's great to have you in Oz. Thank and, you so uh, much. May, so may, the, may the barbershop love continue. <laughs> that sounds great. I can't wait to come back. This has been an amazing opportunity. This is uh, Ricardo Rivos, uh, as my friend from primary school used to call me uh, signing off on, beh on behalf of Ash Schofield here with uh, Jordan Travis. Um, keep the whole world singing guys. Bye. Bye.